I'd like to proudly introduce the newest member of the Dynasty League football pod family, the Player Raider Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis Patrick, and I'll be joined each episode by my co-host, Ryan McDowell. Our aim for the Player Raider Podcast is to reveal how DLF player valuation tools can inform your roster management strategy. Whether it's the first round of your newest startup, rebuilding a nightmare orphan, or figuring out what to do with that veteran-heavy team that just doesn't have the juice, player value decisions are at the root of everything we do as Dynasty owners. Be sure to tune in to hear Ryan and I break down player values using monthly startup mock draft ADP, the player ADP tracker, the DLF trade finder, staff ranks, and an exciting new set of machine ranks, which puts personal bias in the crosshairs and takes it down. You're listening to the Dynasty League Football Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am once again your host, Dan Myler. With me once again are my two co-hosts, Matt Price and Ryan McDowell. We are on the coattails, I guess, of the Super Bowl. We're recording on Monday night. So we got to get your guys' feelings on it. Ryan, uh, just overall thoughts on the football game. It, it was exciting, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we talked about it last week a little bit. I think I didn't wasn't really necessarily rooting for one team over the other. Uh, once things kind of got into the flow, I did feel myself cheering for the Eagles. But mostly I just wanted to see a good close game. And, yeah, we certainly got that. It was it, I saw a lot of people calling it the best Super Bowl of all time. I'm, I don't really consider myself enough of a historian to, to put that label on it, but it was entertaining for sure. Yeah, it was a good game. Lots of fireworks for sure. I, I was doing the same thing, rooting for the Eagles as the game went on. I was rooting for Gronk to pull down that, that Hail Mary at the end, though. I wanted him to catch it and that let's see a two-point conversion and keep the fun going. How about you, Matt? What were, what were you rooting for and, and what was pulling you one way or the other? I was just rooting for a good football game. I didn't really have a, a dog in the fight, so to speak. But it was certainly a great one for us fantasy football players. That's what we like to see is all that offense, right? So if you were expecting defense, <laughs> it seemed like both the defenses, even though the Eagles were you know, were so standout over the course of the season, even even in the conference championship round, they didn't really show up in, uh, in uh, the Super Bowl. But the, the most interesting story, kind of back story that I thought was uh, – the, the benching of Malcolm Butler, because you have to kind of think that that played a role in the, the, the Eagles' offensive success. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I don't know how much how much of a role. Maybe, maybe it would have made a dent. Maybe he makes the interception that would have totally triggered the game going the other way or, or something like that. But those two offenses were going so fast and up and down the field that it didn't seem to me like anything was going to stop them. I think the story for the entire playoffs for me was the lack of defense. We all expected that Vikings defense to play so well. They got tore up by the Saints in the second half of that game uh, and really struggled against the Eagles. And then the Eagles defense looked like a top two or three defense throughout the entire season or most of the season and the Patriots shred them. So there, there wasn't much to be said about defense with the exception of the Jaguars. 
played so tough against Pittsburgh when they did. So uh, this, the postseason, I guess, is behind us. We all got treated to an excellent football game, especially if you like offense, as you said, Matt. And now we all can move on to the 2018 NFL Draft, which is, like we like to say, the best part of the year here at DLF. Let's, before we continue to talk about our Rookie Draft Flashback Series, uh, we're going to do a recap episode this week. Let's talk a little bit, put a, put a bowl on that, the standings, the final standings, I guess, of the Playoff Fantasy Football League that we put, put on here at the pod. We had a lot of fun with that, and we should congratulate our champion, Andy Salmon. He, uh, he put up a pretty big number in this contest over those four weeks. And earned himself a one-year subscription. So congratulations to you, Andy. It was well-deserved. Way down in the standings, Matt Matt Price. All the way down there at second place. Uh, no, represented the podcast well, Matt, but came up just a little short at the end. Yeah, it, I, I played Brandon Cooks, and once, that, once he went down, it was pretty much over for me. But hats off to Andy. He played basically all of the right players. He got all the three, the three biggest receivers in there and, uh, and did a really great job. His defense, which wasn't a defense, he started the Bills' defense. They scored zero, but I started the Pats' defense, and they scored negative five. So that also didn't help too much. <laughs> right. Yeah, as we said, no defense in that Super Bowl. Uh, I said big number, and I said that because he outscored anybody else by almost 40 points and and over a four-week contest that's a that's a that means you really did a good job putting putting together lineups so again congratulations to Andy should also say congratulations to Matt Snooks he was uh the third place contestant in in our contest um I finished in 13th place and Ryan all the way down there in 20th what happened uh No, oh, that's good. Know. That's all you have to say, buddy. Yeah, that's that's really all all that needs to be said. I, I was not able to recover from that uh, that conference finals week when when I put up such a clunker. So I knew I was out of the running this week. Uh, I think Dan, you and I both both climbed up a little bit. But yeah, way to go, Matt, and way to go, Andy. Good job. Yeah, we we climbed up enough that we don't have to be totally embarrassed. Uh, we're not, at least not on the, on the bottom of the standings. Uh, thank you to everybody who participated. It was a lot of fun. As I mentioned, we gave away subscription. And uh, congratulations to Andy for that. Let's move on now with all that to our Rookie Draft Flashback recap episode. Um, if you've been following along over the last five weeks, we've, we, we did Rookie Draft Flashbacks from the 2013 through the 2017 seasons you can check them out if you haven't already uh we we've really had a lot of fun with it and we've gotten a lot of good feedback we were actually talking about it before the show fellas Uh, a lot of guys on twitter talking about the the series um got a lot of messages i had a couple of emails from from listeners uh thanking us for 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 the for running this series and it's been a lot of fun to do there's even been talk of dynasty leagues popping up that are built on this idea and i guess i'm I'm flattered by that it's kind of something that you know we, we had an initial idea to to talk about the classes and ranking each class and then we kind of landed as a group the three of us on doing these mock drafts uh it feels good to know that there's people out there that that are thinking that maybe running a league this way would be a lot of fun and if you 
our listeners think that is a good idea, you should keep listening in because we'll have more on that later in the episode. But let's let's get to our rosters, guys, as we do this review. Um, before we talk about the roster specifically, I'd like to know from you guys if there's anything that that you learn from this exercise or maybe that you'll take forward as we go into the 2018 class or beyond. Ryan, is there anything for you? Yeah, quite a few things, actually. Uh, I, I'm still just, I, I guess, stuck on, I know we've talked about it in some of the earlier episodes, but thinking about these players that either came out of nowhere that didn't even have a rookie ADP during their rookie season, Adam Thielen and, uh, and guys like that. It took those, it took these guys a while to really make their mark and, and adjust to the NFL. And I think so often, I guess we've become spoiled that we, we see these rookies one year in and, and they have a quiet, first season and we're ready to give up on them already. So just trying to learn some patience there. Other guys even more highly uh, respected, I guess, as coming out, Robert Woods comes to mind, Devin Funches. Both of those guys had uh, a little bit of a slower start to their career, but we saw some breakouts this year. So uh, just, yeah, really just learning that patience is a big one for me. Yeah, Aguilar is another guy that that jumps off the page to me when I saw his name. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine watching the Super Bowl, and I said to myself, I think I'm an Aguilar buyer, and I've never been before, and it's too bad that that I didn't buy him when he was so cheap, Uh, but the guys you mentioned, exactly the same same types of guys. I wonder, Ryan, you mentioned the guys that that had – no ADP or, or in the 40s or 50s or 60s in ADP. Is there anything we can do as dynasty owners to try to identify those guys? Is there something we should be working harder at at trying to find these guys? Well, I think guys like that are going to be almost impossible to to identify in that rookie draft process, especially if you if you're having uh, holding those early immediately after the NFL draft. But I think training camp is, is really where we, we need to be following closely and we can, um, we can start to peg those players. And for me, the tough thing is just having enough roster space. And in most of my leagues, we have between 25 and 30 roster spots. And that's, that's another thing to be able to take advantage of these young players that you you might want to take a shot on you have to have the roster space so that's that's going to be something i focus on this offseason is trying to consolidate a little bit yeah maybe the best advice for dynasty owners out there may be to to keep a close eye on the news like you said in the in the preseason and throughout training camp and be well willing to pull the trigger on a move as soon as somebody looks like they're moving up that depth chart how about you matt is there anything that you've learned from from this whole uh five-week stretch yeah, I was just going to re- reiterate patience, especially at the wide receivers, because I, th- I think we really got bamboozled by that 2014 class, and it's you know it's had lasting effects all the way up until till till uh, you know current draft classes really, uh, and the fact that those guys produce right away, and, and a lot of these guys coming on strong, ha- you know, take a, a few years, and that's the way it used to be. It used to be we we have a three year rule for wide receivers. That's when they're going to break out, and 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 lately, you know, it's been you know wide receiver one <laughs> their, their rookie year. That's what we want to see. Otherwise, we move on. But uh, again, yeah, just 
just running backs. I, I think I'm going to be hitting those heavy. Um, I feel like if a running back is going to show something, they're a little bit opposite of the wide receiver. Like if you see that production early, then they're probably going to be something. And of course, there are, are, are uh, instances where that didn't work out, you know, like the Steve Slaytons of the world, even Trent Richardson and the guys like that. But, but I think for the most part, at least being able to get these running backs that are producing early gives you options for, uh, for your roster going forward. Yeah, and for me, again, I've mentioned it on other episodes, it's that, that those young quarterbacks, I'm, I'm more willing today than I've ever been to take a quarterback uh, earlier than I've ever been willing to take them, even in single quarterback leagues. I think the second round is, is a nice spot to grab those guys. If, if you f- can find a Carson Wentz, and uh, make him your top quarterback for for the next 10 years, and and he's an MVP caliber player, that is going to be a bargain. And, you know, with the amount of players we miss on anyway at running back and wide receiver, missing on a quarterback isn't really that big a deal if you did it in the second round. So so that's the, the thing I picked up. Uh, so let's take a chance to look at these rosters. Um, first of all, guys... Individually, your roster, Matt, do you have a strength or a weakness? I think most of our listeners probably remember um, remember how we built our teams and things like that if they've been listening along. But do you have a strength or a weakness and any regrets from any of the drafts? Uh, not necessarily regret, but I am sad that I, did, I missed on a few players, I guess. Um, in terms of strength, you know, the voters said it was quarterback, and I guess I can't really disagree there with Mariota, Watson, and Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, that's a pretty strong core. You know, I think there are kind of a lot of question marks there, though. Is Mariota going to rebound with with new coaching? Is Watson going to recover from this injury and be just as productive? And then Garoppolo again, he looked, you know, he looked good in, in a short stretch, but. Uh, who, who knows what's going to happen going forward from there. So I think it's pretty comparable to at least your quarterbacks with Wentz, Prescott, and uh, especially now that Alex Smith has moved on with Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, you've got the quarterback one in a lot of people's eyes in Dynasty. And Prescott was, you know, and until about midseason, Prescott was kind of a top five guy. And then Mahomes looks like he's ready to, ready to rock too. So I think maybe Ryan's a little bit behind there with Carr, Winston, and Goff, but really, I mean, it's it's kind of a toss-up at that position, so I, I, maybe I, I'm a little bit stronger there, but I don't really think it's a like a huge, overwhelming advantage. And at running back, like I feel pretty good, too, Like especially the top two compared to yours, Dan. Yeah, I think what we said before, that we have the top four in Zeke, Johnson, Bell, and Gurley, but you run even deeper than that. You you run like six deep at running back, so so I definitely don't think I'm, I'm, a, I'm a champion there at all, but I think I'm probably coming in second over Ryan there, and then a wide receiver uh i think i have a good wide receiver core i don't think they're anywhere near as good as ryan's uh and i think you and i are pretty comparable as well and a tight end i mean i don't know i have one tight end i'm okay with having one tight end it gives me an open roster spot to to have a more valuable position if i have a top guy like Ertz there so i feel pretty balanced all around if i if i have a, a real glaring strength i guess it's a quarterback but i don't think it's you know a huge advantage over either other roster yeah, and obviously these, these rosters are super stacked there, nobody out there is going to have rosters like this this is a a, a completely different type of exercise than than we'd see in a regular uh startup how about you ryan any strengths and weaknesses and more more than anything any regrets from our drafts yeah so i mean we we have talked about it that uh, i ended up uh by design or not ended up building my team around the wide receiver position through this exercise and had a, a a, a very strong group there. So that's certainly my strength with Hopkins and Beckham and Robinson and a few other guys. And then weakness. I mean, really 
quarterback is is pretty ugly compared to you guys and, and running back is as well uh, really just have Kamara and Freeman at the running back spot uh, or Christian McCaffrey as well uh, but can't can't match the uh, superstar power that both of you uh, were able to acquire there so running back is probably my weakness wide receiver is my strength which sounds just like most of my teams I guess it regrets I mean looking back over five drafts and, and thinking about some moves I, I might've done differently that, that could have shifted the way my, uh, my end roster looks in the one draft. I took Cooper. I think I took him fourth, I believe. Uh, yeah, I took him fourth overall ahead of Melvin Gordon and Marcus Mariota. So maybe that would have had a little more balance or allowed my team to have a little more balance at the quarterback and running back spot. And, and Cooper is, I, I guess he's probably my fourth or fifth wide receiver, depending on how you rank them. So I, I could have probably afforded to lose him. And then one I thought about maybe as a regret is Hopkins over Le'Veon Bell. Again, just to have that um, that stronger running back. But in the end, if I'm really, really in any exercise, I'm I'm still going to prefer Hopkins to Bell in, in the dynasty format. So I'm okay with that one. As I've said a few times, I I wonder how this would have gone if we would have started with the 2017 class and worked our way backwards, because it would have been a completely different roster and how you built it, uh, because those 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 more recent classes had a few more quarterbacks, so we wouldn't be, you know, I I was, I thought I was pressured to take quarterbacks late in the in in this deal when I wouldn't have been earlier. Uh, maybe you guys felt the same way at a position. I think my my strength is obvious. It's the running back position, like you talked about, Matt Le'Veon Bell and, and Todd Gurley, and I was able to add Dav- Dalvin Cook and and Leonard Fournette and uh, Melvin Gordon and Jordan Howard and Carlos Hyde. It's it goes pretty deep there. Uh, wide receiver isn't quite as strong. I was happy with the quarterbacks and and any team with Travis Kelsey. You you can't be too disappointed with the tight end. If I had a regret, I, I think I had a couple that I thought of instantly when, when we had this question, it, it was Jimmy Garoppolo probably went, lasted too long in, a, in that one mock that we did. He, he should have gone a lot higher than what he did. Um, and, and I saw at least one comment about that on, on Twitter that, wow, I, I'm surprised in a super flex that, that he went that late. Uh, Ryan, you, I think you mentioned on that episode so that you wished you had taken him a little bit higher. I let him pass on one pick thinking maybe I'd, I'd get him back later and didn't get him uh, or passed on him again maybe even. Uh, that, that was a big mistake. I should have taken Garoppolo earlier. And then in our last one in the 2017 mock, I, I, I really should have pulled the trigger and, and got Evan Ingram with one of those picks. I was always... I was already way too deep at running back. There was no point in taking another. I could have kept Ingram off of your roster, Ryan, and then my team would have looked that much better. So uh, if there's any regrets, it's those two for me. So we posted our rosters by position on Twitter and asked our listeners to vote on on which of us built the best uh, roster by position. And... You know, we were only able to list four or five players at each position, so the voting, it might look a, a tad shady or a tad skewed than if you uh, if you looked at the entire roster, right, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm pleading the Okay, <laughs> anybody that was following along on Twitter, 
there, there were a couple posts like, wow, especially when we get to the wide receivers, we'll highlight it a little bit. But uh, Matt had to defend his case a little bit that he, he had better receivers that, than what were listed. He had a lot more depth. But again, we were only list, able to list four or five. So let's go through the position groups, guys. Um, first, we'll start under center at quarterback. We had 793 votes from our listeners. We appreciate that. As always, guys, uh, Ryan, your three quarterbacks, Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, and Jared Goff, you got 4% of the vote. Matt, Marcus Mariota, Deshaun Watson, and Jimmy Garoppolo, real strong group there at 54%. And then I had Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, and Patrick Mahomes at 42%. I feel pretty good about how this shook out as far as voting. I thought maybe... Uh, the Jameis Winston truthers would be out a little bit, and Ryan could have crept up closer to maybe 10%. 4% seemed maybe a, a shade low uh, of our 793 votes. Ryan, what were your thoughts uh, on the teams? First of all, which group did you like the best? And then secondly, how the voting shook out and you, you your team only getting 4%. Yeah, I mean, I don't guess I was really surprised with the low number for my team. I mean, uh, Carr and Winston are both coming off of kind of disappointing seasons, I think it's fair to say. And, of course, Goff, we saw the breakout from him. But if you view him as, as the quarterback one, compared to, again, compared to the guys you guys have, the players you guys have, it's not really a surprise. So, um, yeah, 4% seems awfully low there, but if I'm voting, I'm – I'm not considering that team either. <laughs> Looking at, at Matt's team with Watson and Garoppolo, especially two of the, I feel like the hottest names in in Dynasty right now. Dan, same thing with Wentz and Mahomes. I've called Garoppolo and Mahomes the two, the two toughest quarterbacks to buy right now. And that doesn't mean they're, they're ranked one and two or anything like that, but uh, just the sudden price increase we've seen from both of them. And, you know, we're, we're kind of like a fickle bunch dynasty players. We want, we want to roster those cool players and those, those players that everyone else is talking about. And right now it's Garoppolo and Mahomes. So if you have those on your roster already, you're probably not in a hurry to get rid of them. Um, so it's, it's not surprising to me that, uh, you two with, uh, one of each of those guys would get a lot of votes. I, I don't really know. I, it really is a toss-up as far as which side you prefer, and and it might come down to the the third guys that we that I haven't mentioned: Mariota for Matt, Prescott for Dan. I think uh, both of those guys have actually kind of lost a little bit of value over the last few weeks of the season. Maybe if you have a preference there, it it could determine. Uh, which way you go. I, I prefer Mariota, so I guess I'll, I would side with Matt's team. Yeah, I, I, I actually think Matt has the best group, too. I, I like Carson Wentz the best out of all the quarterbacks listed here. He's he's my favorite favorite quarterback. I think like you kind of summarized there, Ryan, the difference between Garoppolo and Mahomes may be negligible. I still prefer Mariota slightly over Prescott, so, so I give the nudge to Matt as well. Matt, what were your thoughts here? 
Yeah, I think it's a it's a coin flip. So I'll just I'll just say Dan, because <laughs> uh, I mean you have the, like I said you have pretty much the quarterback one in a lot of people's eyes. I still think it's Rodgers at that spot, but I can't argue with anybody that has him once in the top three there. And then Mahomes gives you that nice upside, that kind of toy that you're like, what what am I going to get out of it? Am I going to get you know an elite guy? Am I going to get just a just a starter? Am I going to get a quarterback too? So you got kind of some fun there. And then Prescott, I still think is solid. I mean, I, I don't think he is a bad quarterback at all, and I, I think his value uh, can certainly certainly rebound so um I'll, I'll side with dan but it but it's splitting hairs it really is at the top i think you have like kind of the the like the most uh i guess kind of like concrete asset whereas all of my guys values are kind of in flux and anything could happen with those three if not for deshaun watson's injury i think we'd be talking about watson and Wentz in the same breath side by side in most rankings anyway i i think there's a very good chance by the end of september Watson and Wentz are, are the top two quarterbacks in our game uh, as far as dynasty goes and dynasty rankings. Uh, and to be fair, I know I mentioned them together. I would I would also prefer Garoppolo slightly over Mahomes. So I, I actually think it's not quite as close as maybe the picture you're painting, Matt, but, but it, it's close enough to talk about for sure. Let's move on to running backs. Uh, this was an interesting one. As you kind of summarized earlier, Matt, you know, you and I were able to roster some really big names at the top to, to take those top two slots on our rosters. You with David Johnson and Ezekiel Elliott, myself with Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley. It, the difference came later on, is, and it was because of draft picks. Uh, it seems like running backs continued to fall into my lap, and, and I, I continued on with Delvin Cook and Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Jordan Howard. Uh, I mentioned Carlos Hyde also had C.J. Anderson, Um, That's a pretty deep group and very top-heavy, too, when you have Melvin Gordon as your five and Jordan Howard as your six. That's that's pretty salty. On the contrary, your third, fourth, and fifth running backs were Kareem Hunt, Derrick Henry, and Joe Mixon. So uh, while Ryan had Alvin Kamara, uh, or Kamara, another big name, of course, uh, it it tailed off from there. He was only able to come up with 2% of the vote of our 622 votes. Matt, you got 25% of the vote with your David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, and Hunt being the, the primary guys there. And then my Bell, Gurley, Cook, Fournette, and on and on and on got 73% of the vote. Matt, what were your thoughts about um, about how that voting shook out? Was it about what you expected? And which which roster overall would you prefer? Yeah, I, I think that it worked out about how I thought because I feel like the three of the, the you and I ha, are clearly have our top two are, are, are better than Ryan's. I mean, depending on how you feel about Kamara, then you get to the three spot. And I feel like we're all about the same there with, with McCaffrey hunt and cook. But when we get to running back four, that's when your roster really kind of takes off. Uh, you know, I have Derrick Henry versus Fournette and Ryan's coming in with Coleman. And then even at uh, running back five, it gets even worse with a or uh, with uh, Mixon versus Gordon and Drake. So I think that depth is really where that, that kind of sets you apart. Um, but at the top, I think all three of us are pretty comparable. How about you, Ryan? What do you think? Who, who, who has the best group overall? And what do you think about how the voting shook out? Well, I do think I think you clearly have the best group especially thanks to the depth that, that you guys have already talked about. Um, and sadly, I'm not surprised with my measly 2%. Uh, again, just couldn't even come close to matching either one of you guys. I, I am surprised, though, at, 
at the gap, the 73% for you, Dan, 25% for Matt. Uh, I feel like that should be, or, or I guess would have been much closer, uh, even though I, I do like your group overall. I, I mean, Johnson, Elliott, Hunt, Derrick Henry, Mixon, and, and Jay Ajayi, those that's pretty solid. And even Duke Johnson uh, there on that, on that group as well. So to me, that's maybe more of like a... Um, I don't know, maybe a 60-40 split or something like that. I'm, I'm surprised at the gap. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It, while you were talking, I was thinking 65-35 instead of the 75-25 that it came out as. We got some good conversation happening on Twitter when we put that poll up. Um, some people, Matthew on Twitter said he prefers Johnson over, or Johnson is equal to Gurley is what he said, and he prefers Zeke to Bell. Uh, because he's a better long-term asset and maybe maybe less off-the-field concerns. He also prefers Hunt over over Cook. And that although Fournette is a little bit better than Henry, you never start more than four. So after that, it didn't really matter to him. So if, if you only look at the top four, maybe there is a case to be made that, that Matt's group is better. So with that in mind, and thank you, Matthew, for, for giving those notes, because that does matter. I think I'll vote for Matt's group here, just because we don't need it to be a landslide in my favor. <laughs> a lot like what you said, Matt. Uh, but but it was what Matthew said on Twitter that that kind of flipped my mind, that you never start more than that anyway. And while if this was a real team, and, and obviously it's not, you could trade assets and, and build another, uh, another group, it should factor in for sure. So with that, let's move on to the wide receivers. And this is where Ryan shined. After only coming up with 4% of the vote at quarterback and 2% at running back, his group of DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham Jr., Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas, Devontae Parker, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup got 93% of the 1,011 votes that we got on Twitter. Uh, Matt, I have no clue how... Either one of us got any votes on this one. Uh, you can look through these rosters, and, and Matt, your group looks pretty good. Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Jarvis Landry, Adam Thielen, Tyreek Hill, Corey Davis, and Corey Coleman, 3% of the vote. How did we get any votes when you look at Ryan's roster? I, I want to I talk about the number of votes, too, because this poll got 1,000 votes, which is like 200 more than any other vote. So I guess it, it, it holds true that... Uh, the the wide receiver position is more popular in in voting as well as in <laughs> as a dynasty. I was going to make the same point, Matt. That's yeah, a good so point. <laughs> so we got ninety four percent, even though we got a large percentage of the other ones. Like it doesn't matter because more people voted for this one. But no, I mean obviously his top tops one two three four five top five is ridiculous with Hopkins, Beckham, Robinson, Cooper, and Thomas. And I think you probably if you were going to rank them, you would throw Thomas up there in the starting lineup over Robinson and Cooper. Um, but you know, I like my depth too. I mean, it's, it's hard to hate any of these groups really. I think, I think both Ryan and I, and I have you in depth for sure. Um, even though you got like 1% more of the votes, but I think, you know, like my four, if I could say, if I move Tyree kill up to four, my four is better than, than Juju, depending on how you feel about him, I guess. And then Thielen, I think is probably more productive or, or more valuable than Watkins at this point. So, uh, and then Davis down there too. So it, it, it runs deep everywhere, but I, I think it probably goes Ryan in a landslide with me you know bringing up whatever else in the dust with you coming in a little bit in third place 
Yeah, I, I was surprised that somehow my roster got four percent and yours got three. It's because Tyreek. Uh, it's because Tyreek Dan. That's why Tyreek wasn't mentioned. <laughs> you know, I wasn't able to put Tyreek Hill and Corey Davis in there, but at the same time, somehow, I, I well, I wasn't able to put Melvin Gordon and Jordan Howard in mine in at running back either. So uh, I guess it, it you know it's a double sided uh, blade for sure. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, your vote here is for for Ryan's roster, right, Matt? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. So, Ryan, uh, do you have anything to add to any of that? Well, I'm just I am surprised. You're in awe of your your awesome roster, right? No, 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 not at all. (laughs) I'm I'm mostly surprised that Matt somehow only got three percent with this roster. Maybe it is the the limited space we had on the Twitter poll, but. Allen and Evans and Tyreek Hill and Landry and Adam Thielen as your five. That matches up a lot better with mine than a, a, a 90% gap would uh, would represent, I think. I, so I feel like just, I mean, getting the, the number one pick in 2013 and 2014, I mean, that like if you get Nuke and OBJ, I think you win this poll no matter what. I mean, I think that's just the way it goes. Yeah, and and then he was able to continue to add depth, and and depth continued to when he, you get Amari Cooper at four. Then after yeah. that, it just it just keeps kind of flowing that way. And it, it, again, this all comes down to where he, where he fell in this draft process. You know, it was it was a lot of fun to do, but if if a different guy has different picks, or or if everybody uh, switches spots randomly each week, and and it goes a different way. Your, your rosters are going to look completely different. It it would be fun to do year in and year out. And after we've done it now once, I think maybe we would make different decisions if we if we did it again next week. So uh, it's certainly a fun exercise. Uh, I like you guys. I'm not surprised that Ryan got 93%. If anything, I thought there was a chance. If there was going to be a landslide 100% vote, I thought it would fall right here. Um, it, it's it's a roster worthy of ninety three percent. That is for sure. So all four of us are in agreement, or excuse me, all three of us are in agreement that Ryan had the best group of wide receivers. I don't think it's going to be that way at tight end, Ryan. Um, you got Evan Ingram and Hunter Henry in the last couple drafts when you were looking for tight ends. That worked out pretty good for you, Matt. You said you were pretty happy with just I shouldn't say just, but it's. Zach Ertz alone on your roster at the tight end position. Then I got Travis Kelsey and Jordan Reed. I really like Kelsey, and Reed wouldn't be on a roster if he was in a different class. That that draft class uh, wasn't as nearly as deep as some of the others. So um, as far as backups goes, he's certainly not a very good one. Um, I got... I, my roster got my two tight ends got thirty seven percent of the vote. Matt, your Zach Ertz got just ten percent, and then Ryan came in with fifty three percent of the vote with the Ingram and Henry combination. Uh, there were a few people on Twitter that said, as soon as you said Kelsey, it was over. There were others that said Ingram, as soon as you say Ingram, it's over. I want Ingram, and and then when others that said Ingram. Well, once you said Henry was below him, having that depth behind him, that was the tipping point for me. So I'm interested to see what you guys think. Matt, let's start with you. Since Ertz only got 10%, which I was a little surprised with, I didn't expect your single tight end to get 25 or 30%, but I thought it could have been closer to 20. What were your thoughts? 
Yeah, I thought it was a little bit low. And, and if we go back to our regrets, I guess my biggest regret is not taking Evan Egram, who I've been on since day one. But it was, I mean, I just, I couldn't really fathom taking him a second tight end over Kareem Hunt. It just seemed like Kareem Hunt was there. He he was he led the league in rushing. Why am I going to take a tight end over him? But I bet you if I had taken Egram here, I would have won this category. So uh, I honestly, I don't mind. And I build dynasty rosters like this all the time, having one solid tight end at the top. It's, it's kind of a position I like to just forget about if I have one of those top guys and then I can use that extra space that I would have spent on a second or third tight end option at, uh, at a more important position you know so it, it's fine I thought maybe like you said it would be closer to 20 25 percent for that but uh, it doesn't really bother me in terms of roster construction so of the other two rosters or even yours as well which which group would you I mean, it's got to be Ryan because just because he's got Evan Ingram. I'm not as big a fan as Hunter Henry, but I mean, if we're, I mean, honestly, we could really take your roster, Dan, and say it's just Travis Kelsey. And at that point, right. it's probably, you know, within a percentage point of two or two of Zach Ertz. So I'm not sure. And I'm sure Kelsey is, is worth 27 percentage points more than just Ertz uh, if we're looking at it that way. But I don't think you can argue with with uh, the two that Ryan have as the as the best, you know, squad, if you will. Right. We had 801 votes at the tight end position. And I think maybe the Jordan Reed name carries a little bit too much weight with some in the dynasty community. Still, the injuries aren't at the tip of the tongue for some reason, Um, but he certainly lost a lot of steam. How about you, Ryan? What are your thoughts on the voting and which roster would you prefer? Yeah, this is this is the toughest one to determine for sure. Um, the, The backups, I think that Dan, that you and I carried with Henry and Reed, respectively, probably skewed things a little bit more against Matt than they really should have. Right. Um, I mean, when I'm judging dynasty rosters, and again, they don't look like these. We know this is not not your typical roster building experience. But when I'm looking at a dynasty roster, backup tight end is is among the last things I really care about. So just having a second for, for the two of us probably – yeah, it gave us a bigger advantage than it should. And if you really just consider the starter, then Dan, you probably won that one with Kelsey. But I mean, really, Kelsey, Ingram, and Ertz are all kind of in that same tier, I think, for most people at this point, With uh, though Kelsey does have that, that pretty clear advantage. Yeah, you know, it it's really is interesting because when we were going through the process and you picked Hen- Hunter Henry, you, you did it because you pretty much had to, or that's what you said at the time. You didn't know you were going to get Ingram at the time. So if, if you knew that, you may have passed on Henry and gone to another position, and then this voting would have gone another way. So it, it's really interesting, again, how the, how the process plays out. Matt and I, both of our uh, regrets coming out of this thing is, is not getting Ingram. Uh, allowing you to get Evan Ingram and sure up that position uh, will forever be one of my regrets, Ryan. When it comes, forever. every time I look at your face, I'll think about this exercise and how you got Evan Ingram on a team that never scored any points for anybody. So, in the overall, guys, uh, we just went over every position one by one. Uh, overall rosters, pick a roster that you like the best and tell me why, Ryan. Uh, I like your roster the best. Uh, I pretty much have said that from the start. I think you have great balance. If you look at the polls, uh, you actually only won one of them, the running back the running back group, but you were second in the other three, so you didn't have any last place. You didn't have any glaring weaknesses, uh, although you somehow somehow snuck ahead of, uh, of Matt on that <laughs> for that second <laughs> wide receiver spot. But, um, yeah, I like the balance of your team, and uh, if I had to choose one, that's the one I would go with. Matt, how about you and why? 
Yeah, I'm going to say you also, just because of that running back depth, we know how often we have to deal with injuries at the position. So if you lose Gurley and Bell, no big deal. You just you just roll down to, to Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette. So I think you're you're pretty solid there. Whereas if I lose a couple of those guys at running back, then I might not be as in, in good shape. And obviously the same with Ryan. So uh, I, I kind of would go that direction too. I don't want it to sound like a landslide, so I'm going to say Ryan roster <laughs> is my favorite. Any any roster with DeAndre Hopkins on it is always my favorite, and to add Alvin Kamara to that one as well, and Evan Ingram, that's uh, that's youth all over, that's big players all over, and and I love it. So uh, I was going to keep track of our voting along with the voting of of our Twitter polls, and I just lost track as we were doing this. So uh, we'll just the total percentages of the Twitter polls, I had 156%. Ryan, right behind me at 152%. And then Matt, just 92%. I, I really can't believe it. Um, it was probably my fault. I posted the, the polls, and, and you would have you definitely got into triple figures if, not, if I would have added Tyreek Hill and Corey Davis, right? I think so. But I, just as we transition here, before we start talking about to our next segment, I have a question for you guys. Uh, okay. Do you think after this exercise with the star power we saw, especially at running back and wide receiver, that maybe our, our, our you know, the, the traditional, we're looking at dynasty from a two to three year window. Do you think that is maybe a little short sighted now? Do you think we should be looking at more of like a five year kind of window going forward? Or, or what do you guys think there? Well, I think there's a chance of that. And part of that might be what Ryan was talking about earlier with the guys like like Nelson Aguilar and those others that that have taken a little bit more time to mature on top of what you ta- you just talked about, Matt, with, with the star power that's coming out and, and the longevity that we're going to see out of these young players. I, I've always looked at my team more in a one- to two-year window just because – there's no guarantees in fantasy football and, and particularly in dynasty. Um, and I, I want to win always, not, not just once over the next five years or once over the next three years or anything like that. So um, looking at it on a longer scope might be beneficial at times, but I, I think more often than not, I'll continue to sway towards what's going to help me the most in the next 12 months when building this dynasty roster. I don't know if it's any different for you, Ryan. No, it's not actually. I think if anything, for me, I'm I'm starting to narrow that window down where I used to focus probably too much on the future and, and trying to acquire youth. But really one thing that has has changed my strategy more than anything is just looking at roster turnover in Dynasty Leagues. I did this study last offseason looking at a league I had that was, uh, I believe it was four years old at that time. And I, I looked at all 12 rosters in the league and basically looked at the players they drafted in the startup draft. And I, every team had just one or two or three players left. Uh, I'll have to, to look at some of, the, some of that data again. But through trades and drafts and, and waiver moves, nearly every team was completely different than, than that startup draft. And every time you're in a startup draft, at least this is my feeling, I'm getting these guys and I just feel like I'm going to be locked in and and married to them for the next however many years. And that's just not really the case if you're in even an average level dynasty league as far as activity goes. You're making trades, you're you're doing all these moves, and your roster is just completely different even two or three years later. 
How about you, Matt? What are your thoughts on the topic? Um, I, I Well, I, I asked this question for a couple of reasons, but number one, Ryan sent out a tweet. I don't even remember how long ago it was, maybe a week ago, where he showed the, the top running backs drafted from three years ago, and it was just littered with with uh, with Eddie Lacy and uh, Ryan, you have to remind me some other players on that list, but just not not good players. So you know, part of me wonders if at the running back position, maybe we are getting a little bit ahead of ourselves in terms of heavily investing at these guys. If we are going to see a similar turnover coming up, now I do think that these, especially from the last two classes, uh, uh, and, and and if we include 2018 and that as well, as well presents a lot more, I guess, talent at least in terms of what we thought about them in the pre-draft process. But you know, like I said a couple of shows ago. I think we could be looking at several of these players as, as nothing in a year or two. So I'm kind of with Ryan that it makes me want to kind of narrow that window down a little bit. Yeah, I think we're all pretty much in agreement with, with uh, what we just said. But maybe maybe that's just because we like to win. <laughs> and if we have to wait two years to win or three years or five years to win, we're not going to be happy dynasty players. Absolutely. I, I, I certainly won't won't be. Uh, I'm I'm. I was actually going through rosters over the weekend and thinking to myself, what do I have to do to make this a championship roster next year? Cause I don't, I don't want to have a boring year. And that was the number one question I had to ask when I looked at every roster I did. And, and some of them needed a lot more work than others, but that should be the number one question you ask yourself when you look at your roster or at, during an off season. Uh, what's the, what's the path to being a championship next year? Uh, that's at least the path that I always like to take. So that pretty much puts a puts a bowl on our series of rookie draft flashbacks. As I said earlier, the series has kind of birthed leagues in a few places, and the DLF Dynasty podcast is no different. We're actually going to start a listener league based on this series. Um, we've gotten a lot of feedback, like I said, and uh, so why not? It sounds like like a pretty good idea to me. So we th- starting this year, we're going to start the podcast listener league. It'll be based on this series. As I mentioned, we're going to allow 12 teams, including the three of us, Ryan, Matt, and myself, and then nine listeners. So that select nine of you uh, will get to join us in a true dynasty league, but it'll be based on the, on what we've been doing so far. It's going to be a best ball league. So there won't be a lot of management included outside of our off season draft each year. We're going to hold nine startup drafts going all the way back to the 2010 rookie class, uh, 30 man rosters. As I mentioned, it's going to be best ball PPR super flex. There won't be any trading or any waivers. So there's not going to be a lot of maintenance and uh, all nine of our listeners in the league's league will get a number one overall pick in one of the drafts. So to get in, all you have to do is, is be one of the biggest fans of DLF out there. We're going to look for, for the best of the best. That means podcast listeners, DLF subscribers, obviously, and uh, our forum. We want, to, we want active members of our DLF forum. In fact, uh, there's a pretty good chance that, that that's where we're, going to be, where we're going to be looking for our nine nine league mates in this league. So I'm pretty excited about the idea. Ryan, how about you? Yeah, I'm very excited. I was actually a little disappointed this week that we didn't get to to draft more. So drafting is pretty much the best part of fantasy for me. And to have a league that you get to hold 10 drafts in one offseason is pretty enticing. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to competing with some of our listeners and, and competing with you guys, especially since you, you both just beat me 
in the playoff league. I'm hoping to get a little redemption. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Matt. Uh, I, I fear Ryan a lot more in in a, a true dynasty league than I would in a playoff league. Don't you? Yeah, just a little bit. But we can't <laughs> trade. We can't trade though. So I'm not. I'm a little bit, a little bit less worried than I would be if we could trade. Sure. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this league. It's going to be a lot of fun, like we talked about, the nine drafts. Uh, so we're going to spread that out over the entire off season. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then, you know, the fact that all our listeners will get a number one pick, the rest of the picks will be completely random. Uh, we'll do a generator for all of that stuff. And we get to pretty much extend the fun of drafting throughout an entire off season. So it's going to be a lot of fun. If you want in, all you got to do is let us know that you're interested in being in. And we're going to pick nine of you to, to join us. So there's Twitter, there's the forum. There's DLF. You, you can pretty much do it however you want. We'll be talking about it again next week on the episode. Uh, but for now, if you're interested in being part of a league like we've been talking about over the last five or six weeks, just let Ryan, myself, or Matt know, uh, or the DLF podcast know on Twitter as well. And we'll we'll put you on the list. And uh, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to look for the best of the best of, of DLF followers. So a huge thank you to everybody that voted on our Twitter polls, all the comments that we got there as well. We got 3,227 votes on Twitter in 24 hours on, on our rosters. And that just goes out to all our listeners out there. Thank you for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. For Matt and Ryan, I am Dan. This has been another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We will catch you again next week.